Welcome to a football show, podcast edition, Labor Day edition here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And my name is Zach Lyons. You can follow me on Twitter at FWordsPod. I hope that I was supposed to come in and say that. We didn't really Yes, that's talk exactly right. No, we didn't, but you know what? <laughs> that, that's are... the part of chemistry where we're so in sync now. It's just it's just raw, unadulterated heat. That's all it is, Zach. It just is. like this oh, weekend of college, just like this weekend of college football. It was utterly spectacular. Uh, I am hungover, not because of booze, Zach, but because of the drunkenness of that LSU Florida State game. So we're going to have a fun, fun time talking college football today on the show. Um, I've got some hot takes about the Foo Fighters. I know you're a huge Foo Fighters fan. So I've got a hot take about the Foo Fighters that me and my buddies and my wife were discussing over the weekend. I thought I had to bring you into that conversation. I have not told you what it's going to be about, but I'm going to lay it out for you and see how see how you react. Um, before we do, and, and, and of course, we're a couple days removed now from the news about Harold Landry and Derrick Henry. So we'll, we'll see if there's any plan in place for the Titans. Does not necessarily seem like it is. Huge announcement and special edition, Zach, of a football show live, back live streaming on Thursday. I suggest the folks tune in on Thursday, 1 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, I mean, they would be ridiculous not to because the what they're going to see is something totally different than Ooh. what they have seen from us in the past that, that is how you do a tease folks uh so tune in on thursday of course a football show we got some new stuff planned for you uh football and other efforts coming this week so uh check that out of course every single wednesday i know you want you guys all out there need to sign up to be broadway sports insiders so just check out the website sign up what the, the promo code is insider correct Yes, Insider. I think the promo code is still good, at least through this week, but it's going to be going away soon. So you got to get that first month 99 cents or really just skip over it and go get 40% off a monthly subscription by paying $49.99 up front. No, the $50 deal for the year is by far the best it's deal. by so far go, the best deal. Yeah, so go go to Broadway Sports. Get yourself an Insider Pass. You'll get lots of cool stuff. Uh, I mean, uh, we did our fantasy football draft for Broadway Insiders that, uh, that were able to enter. And we did that last night on uh, on Sunday. And so when I'm driving home, I was down at Tom Station with my parents. I was helping them sell a lot, which I sold successfully, by the way. The first boy. real estate sell of the, uh, of the career. But uh, uh, we were sitting there. Time got away from us. And it's like 7-something p.m. And I realized I'm still down in Thompson Station. So I had to drive because I let my wife uh, get a little get a little tipsy. So I drove home <laughs> while she has Huxley in her lap, and she is doing the first like six or seven picks, reading off all the names, and I'm having to do it just by like her reading off the names. You're like, who's uh, the best available running back? And she's yeah. like, um, she, this she, Montgomery guy. Yeah. She, well, actually, I did end up with uh, David Montgomery in like no the fourth way. round or no something. Way. Yeah. <laughs> the problem was is that we were we were planning ahead. And I know this is getting a little off topic, but fantasy football draft for 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 four forty sports slash a football shows this Wednesday. So this is good stuff. Can we tell so, people? Can we tell people where that's going to be? If yeah, you, if, yeah, you, if you want to come out and and hang out with us while we do the draft, we'll be at the pharmacy. I will be doing three drafts at the same time. That no night. way. Yeah, this one won't be the first time I've done that, so I'm not too yeah, too yeah. concerned. I I did a draft, and again we're off topic. I did a draft on vacation with my wife at a restaurant in Denver one time. And I, that did not go over well, but she was yeah. she was she she got over it after the uh, bison prime rib showed up. So so I did I did a good job uh, on this draft for the most part. The parts that I was in the car and when I got home, 
The problem was in the third round, our game plan fell through with two running backs going off the board. One of them was Ezekiel Elliott. I don't remember which the other one was in the third round. And I panicked. Instead of going for Cortland Sutton, I said DK Metcalf. And ugh, and apparently they all made fun of me on the Zoom call. So there was a private Zoom call for Broadway Insiders. <laughs> made fun of me. So that is what you get to do when you purchase an Insider account with Broadway Sports is you get to make fun of Zach in real time. How much fun is that? That is why that's worth the price of, of subscription right there. So make sure you check all that out. And of course, our wonderful and amazing sponsors here on the show, the Kingston Group, BuildKG.com, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. Make sure you check that out, them out. And then Weiss Liquors, uh, stock up on your tailgate party. Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors. They'll deliver booze right to your house in as little as 20 minutes. The closest one to the Titan Stadium, of course. You got a big game coming up this weekend. And... If you pop into the store, say 440 at the cashier, you get 10% off. That is cash-free booze. Both companies, of course, locally owned and operated for a number of years, over a decade for the Kingston Group and almost 100 years for Weiss Liquor. So make sure you check them out. And yes, we'll be at the pharmacy. That's right, the burger joint in East Nashville on Wednesday, 7 p.m. for a football show fantasy draft. We are loaded up with 14 contestants and ready to go. So that is going to be a ton of fun. All right, so big big week of college football. I again, Zach, just the best week of college football opening weekend I can I can remember. But I want to ask you before we dive into mostly college football today. I just you know you're now five days removed from the the trauma that was learning about Harold Landry's torn ACL live on a football show last Thursday. I recommend going back and checking that out. Go watch that if you want to see uh, all hope leave a man's body in real time. I recommend it. Uh, do you feel any differently about? the team, the plan, the strategy, where this, where they're headed. Is there anything different that you feel just a couple of days later after a big weekend of college football? Uh, I, I feel about the same as I did when we talked off air on Friday. Me and you were talking on Friday in person for the big thing that's planned on Thursday. Ooh. And um, I said that I don't think this moves the needle as much for me in terms of wins and losses for this team. And I think, and I, I think the reason being is because we saw this team go through 91 different players and play them last year, and they still went 12 and five. They lost arguably their most important player in Derrick Henry on offense, and still went 12 and five. Harold Landry is the third most important player on this defense. So why should I feel like this swings wildly in the favor, especially? since his production depends on the production of those around him. So the Titans seem to think that Rashad Weaver, Ola Denny, and uh, that guy that they got from that used to play at, I think, Oregon or something. I don't know. Some This white outside linebacker dude that they got that, that <laughs> apparently is, oh, he's so athletic and has high upside, according to Mike uh, Herndon, which I said he has the he has as much upside as a as a pond, a shallow pond. But to digress, <laughs> this this team uh, doesn't seem to think that it needs to go out and spin big or go out and trade for anybody so far. And they think that Rashad Weaver and Ola Denny can make up for Harold Landry. So, you know, I think I'm a little right. I don't think this is going to swing a game. In, you're not going to look at a game that is lost and think, oh, man, this game would have been totally different if we had Harold Landry out there. Is it Derek Tuska? Is that the guy you're yeah. talking about? Yeah, that yeah. guy. From Oregon. From North I was going to call him Tuzar Skipper, but that was another uh, undrafted free agent or random hobo they pulled off the street to play uh, 
uh, linebacker for them a couple years ago. So they, they claimed him off waivers from Pittsburgh. He was in, from, went, went to North Dakota State. Close enough. It's fine. That's it's what all, it was. North it's, all, it's all the Pacific Northwest. It's fine. Uh, he's played 24 games of NFL experience, of course, with Denver and Pittsburgh. Uh, and then was uh, it was a seventh round pick of the Broncos back in 2020. Uh, but again, I, yeah, I'm, so here's what's interesting. I, I kind of agree with your basic point in that one individual injuries happen all over the place in the NFL. One individual outside of quarterbacks cannot really dictate win loss records. I do find that a little odd that we just pay, we saw the Titans pay him eighty five million dollars and it's not going to change their outcome at all. That that's I know that's kind of tongue in cheek and kind of meant to be sarcastic, but. I do think there's a moment in time specifically that we're going to the Titans fans are going to miss him at some point. Like there'll be a play where it'll be third and eight and either Weaver or a Denny comes off the edge and just doesn't get to a quarterback that with that speed move. And then all of a sudden they complete a pass and it's a first. Like, I think there'll be moments where you're going to go, man, I think Landry could have made that play. And so I, I, you can't pay a guy 85 million to have it mean nothing, but also we've seen Vrabel. And I think your basic point is true in that they've got a couple of good backups that we all like and that we trust Vrabel to find pieces and find a way, right? For lack of a better term. So uh, just wanted to get your thoughts now that we're a couple of days removed from it. The Titans haven't done a whole lot. They've got some extra cal- salary cap space and could still do some stuff. But basically, it feels like they're kind of riding with who they got. So uh, at least for now. Which which is their M.O., right? I mean, that is that is what they do. They ride with what they got and they don't go out and make any panic moves. And I think that's the biggest thing that you're that you're looking at here is that they don't panic. All right. Well, there you go. Just want to get your thoughts. Just want to see how you're doing, you know, after after a couple of days, because that's certainly huge news. It's the biggest piece of news. And I, I, I saw this national scenes cover story. Did you see this? I have not. So the national scene cover came out Thursday morning last week. Gotcha. Right. Like it does every week, and it's a just a, a a badass picture of Derrick Henry, like just awesome picture of Derrick Henry looking mean as hell with some great dark lighting, and he's all like looks like a super villain on like a monster, like from like a, a Marvel comic, uh, uh, Marvel Studios. I don't even know what the right words are here. And the very first line of you know what the very first line of the headline is? What they're healthy. Oh, that came well, out that, Thursday that morning. <laughs> it came out Thursday morning. So I see it right sport- here. It's called Remember the Titans, right? So, so Thursday, so Sports Illustrated, move over. Madden, move over. It is now the curse of the Nashville scene cover. Yeah, the team is healthy. The roster is competitive. Is this the year the Titans put it all together? Oh, Those the bastards. Team is- why, why would you ever put the team is healthy on a cover story? I don't understand. I don't I, I don't like that subhead. That's not that's not good headline writing from the scene, who of course is partnered with 440 Sports to cover all things Titans and Predators. <laughs> Go check yeah. out the scene. Uh okay, let's get into some college football here because Oof. I don't I don't know about you, Zach. This was the best weekend of opening weekend of college football I can remember in 20 years of covering the sport. It was just it was some of the most exciting football, right? I think what's great about college football is that the games themselves have a chance to either be really boring or the most exciting thing that you watch. And then you go watch another college football game. And there's now that game is the most exciting thing that you ever watched. And then you go watch this game. And then that's the most exciting game you've ever watched. Like, I think it has to do with the low quality of defensive play across the the way, because obviously you look at the UNC game, that game's only exciting because the defense is just completely shit the bed. And that's the difference between college and the NFL. I think the NFL has the better, obviously the better product because they're professionals, but they have 
games where it's just not filled with exciting moments after exciting moments after exciting moments, but they have the best, the playoffs feel like that for the NFL. Like you, when yes. you get yes. that's the exciting moments, the college season, it's like all the exciting moments are in like the first few weeks. What, what do you think Mike Vrabel does? So you, you bring up the North Carolina game. And for those that don't know, I want to say App State scored 40 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I'm not even kidding about that. It's and, ridiculous. And here's what, here's what's, here's what, this is what I want to know what you think what Mike Vrabel would have done. So, App State, with like 40 seconds to go, scores a touchdown to tie the game. They have to go for two to tie the game, but they don't get it, so they have to onside kick. And instead of falling on the football and ending the game, North Carolina returns it for a touchdown. And I'm just going, Mac Brown should be fired. Like, I love Mac Brown. I think he's a good coach. But, like, if Mike Vrabel – because Mike Vrabel has this mastery of the rule book that very few have, right? And And he just – to see, like the game, if all I, all you have to do is recover the onside kick and fall to the ground, and the game is over. The game is over, and instead they score on the onside kick on their on the return, and that gives App State like thirty two seconds, and then they of course score a touchdown <laughs> to come back, and then they have to hit another two point conversion. They don't. Can you imagine what like Chris Jackson would have heard from Mike Vrabel if he would have like taken the onside kick, and when all you have to do is fall down and you win a game? You return it for a touchdown and you give the other team life. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean that—that's those are the mistakes that don't happen in the NFL. But those mistakes by young kids yes. is what makes the game great, right? I mean, like you can point to the and we'll talk about Brian Kelly later. That team losing is because of Brian Kelly's decisions, right? That decision was oh, by we're gonna the argue. kid. We're going to yeah, argue about but that. that decision was done by the kid. And but it creates this fantastic moment, right? I mean, like it's just a crazy moment that would have never happened in professional football because everybody's taught in football. Yes. Fall on it. Fall yeah. on it. Fall on it. Yeah. Fall on it. Well, and I would argue it's very similar to MLS versus EPL. Like if you're a if you're a purist of the of soccer, EPL is the highest level of soccer in the world. Like that's if you're a purist, there's no question those are the best players with the best coaches and the biggest budgets. And like that's the way the NFL is. It's the best players in the world with the best coaches you know, playing in the tightest possible games, the most evenly matched games on any given Sunday. But I, the reason I think the college game is better and the reason I enjoy the college game more, not, not because it is a higher quality of football necessarily, but because of the chaos factor, the mistakes, the creativity on offense, the lack of, you know, what you're talking about on defense, the stupidity on special teams, college kickers alone make it worth watching. Like I just, then you throw in college campuses and student sections and, the band and like the, the the culture and the the charm of Saturdays in the fall and like I just I've always I mean I'm not you know every, anybody who's ever met me knows that college football is my favorite sport but like the imperfections are what make MLS so entertaining like MLS right. soccer is not better than EPL soccer but it's pretty damn dramatic like you see two and three goal swings that you would never see in the EPL exactly and that's and that's what's great about college football. I just I thoroughly oh. enjoy college football, especially this so, weekend. It was so, and it started with Pittsburgh and West Virginia. And if you're a Tennessee fan, you're studying that Pittsburgh game. Like Keaton Slovis threw the ball around, but they didn't look particularly great. That is going to be a huge game. We'll talk about that. Uh, I think we got to start with Georgia though, because I said for like weeks now that I thought Georgia was getting they were kind of going a little under the radar, and that people weren't giving them the respect, even though they were number three and picked to win the East and all this stuff. That everyone's just like, oh, Bam, Ohio State, Bam, Ohio State. 
And Georgia just embarrassed not a bad Oregon team. That, that's uh, that's going to be. They were a, a terrible Oregon team. It's going Did to be. Did you even watch the game? They're terrible. So uh, don't overreact. That, listen, no, overreact that is a terrible Oregon team. That is a terrible. That team did not come to play. That team gave up fairly early. That is a they have Bo Nix as their quarterback. That is a terrible Oregon team. All right, I'm marking the tape when they win nine games this year. This is about Georgia to me, Listen, not about Oregon. This is about college Georgia. College teams winning nine games isn't that big of a fucking deal anymore. Well, but, let's but let's ter- relax you, on that. You cannot be terrible and win nine games. You can you can be terrible in the Pac-12 and win nine games. Okay, all right, all right. Listen, this is about Georgia. This is about Georgia. They're, and they're all not sudden, underrated and underplayed, like you've said. I mean, they were ranked number three. They'll probably be ranked number two or number one. They're not underrated or underplayed. You're just trying to toot your own horn for no fucking reason. <laughs> Nobody's picking them to do anything. And I, I think... What? I think no, you just no one, said they were picked to win the SEC East. <laughs> no, no one is picking that. Not no one's picking them to win the SEC championship. No one's picking them to win the national title. Well, yeah, because Bama's still going to win those games. And I'm, t- I think Georgia, I think Georgia's going to beat Alabama at some point. I, but I, I, but I think said that, you're overrating Georgia's win over this Oregon team. No, no, no. I said this before the game. I said Georgia is getting, they're flying under the radar to some degree relative to the national championship, and that no one is acknowledging that the. The be- one of the best rosters in America with a national t- title coach who's been to the game twice and a returning starting quarterback that gets disrespected actively by his own fan base is going to I'm, I'm, they are going to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game and then Alabama is going to come back and beat them in the national title game and that and no one no, they the fact that no one is saying I think Georgia can win the national title like no one's talking about that and th- they are so good they, they just roll out another fight like. Who's the kid? Malachi Starks, who made that unbelievable interception. Just another five-star freshman just rolling out there on defense, just making plays. They've got better tight ends than I've ever seen. Stetson Bennett averaged like a 12 yards per attempt and had one of the best games of his career. And that Oregon team, it, like Georgia's going to make everyone look like that. And I just think I, I don't think so. They, they, uh, I they entered Alabama I, status. They entered Alabama status on Saturday. That's what they did. I, I, I think you can I, – I agree with the fact that they are as close a team to Alabama as any team in the country. And I think that they do have staying power where they're building a program where they are going to hang around that championship scene. But I don't think that the wind that win against Oregon tells us anything more about Georgia than what we already knew, as much as it tells us that the Pac-12, as specifically Oregon, was supremely overrated coming into this college season. Well, I think this this is what the beauty of college football also in week one, that you can just overreact to everything, like good and bad. Week like, one's a liar. That's that's my big thing. But I don't think when you see when you see the way that Oregon played and gave up on, on each other, that that's a bad sign going forward. Yeah, well, you, no, no, listen, first-year head coach Dan Lanning, there's a lot of work there, and I agree that Bo Nix probably isn't the answer, but we'll see about Ty Thompson. He was, this was a... Uh, uh, this was a tweet from from Aaron Torres, who works for for Fox Sports, I believe. Um, a col- big college football guy. He said, "Biggest takeaway from Week One: There was a stretch early in Nick Saban's Bama career where every offseason we'd ask, quote, is this the year that Bama takes the step back?' Which always was a stupid question, in my opinion. But it never. It, 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 I'm reading his tweet here. It never happened, and eventually we stopped questioning if it would. Georgia became that program on Saturday, and I and that that I think is the takeaway is that on. They are now on the same tier as Bama. Sure, maybe Bama beats him in the title game because Bryce Young's a little bit better than Stetson Bennett, and maybe that's true. But I, 
I'm not fucking with Georgia. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm just, and, and, and I'm, I'm looking saying. at their schedule. They got Samford, South Carolina, Kent State, uh, Missouri, Auburn, Vanderbilt, and then all the way through after that, they got Florida, Tennessee. And really, that's their two biggest games. So I, I think that both those teams, depending on how Florida keeps on rolling and how Tennessee, if It'll be interesting to see how Tennessee's offense versus these SEC defenses holds up this year. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. They, they put it all on tape last year, right? So how has S- the SEC responded to Tennessee's, you know, crazy plays yeah. per minute and all that oh. kind of stuff? The, 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 I don't know how you sustain, like, snapping the ball every eight or nine seconds uh, against SEC defenses. I think you're right. Wrapping up the Georgia point, though, they will play Florida – Tennessee at Mississippi State and at Kentucky. Those are arguably their four toughest games, and they're going to play them all four in a row it, late in the season. That is going to define the Georgia season. But I think by that point, all these five star freshmen that were already making plays on Saturday against Oregon, I just think Georgia, I'm just, I just pick, pick against Georgia. Not many people are, but no one's picking them to beat Bama. And, and I understand that. And a lot of people love Ohio State. I think. If anything, I think Ohio State's a little overrated, but I, I think they are too. But they were two, and I had the, I had Georgia at two last week because I thought I don't know why we're 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 knocking Georgia down here. Ohio State that was I a agree. that was an important win for them because of how they did it. They did it without their star receiver. They did it sort of grinding the clock out with the defense. Like that's not a great performance by Ohio State, but I think it's going to benefit them in the long run if that if that makes sense. So I I, I don't want to underplay a point that you made before we. we get off this topic the fact that you that those list of games that i read samford south carolina kent state missouri auburn vanderbilt those are great games to work out all the kinks and to get the freshmen like you said up to snuff so i agree with you that this is the schedule even though that's a really hard stretch florida tennessee mississippi state uk for a team that lost about 15 players to the nfl this is actually a perfect schedule for that yep yep that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> I, I, I just, uh, there's not really another point here. Georgia is effing awesome. Like, they are awesome, and Alabama's effing awesome, and I think they're going to play twice again this year. I, that's that's what I've been saying since, like, February, and maybe I'm I wrong. I will say this. So. I have said that I think that Georgia does drop a game in that four-game stretch to either Florida or Tennessee, and I still maintain that one of those games they're going to drop. Didn't you pick Tennessee to? Did you say you're they're going to win the East, or did you say they're going to beat Georgia? You said one of the I, two. I things. said that Tennessee is going to beat Georgia, but I said if of any team, Tennessee has the best chance to unseat <laughs> Georgia in the East. Which brings us perfect segue, Zach Lyons, you professional, to the Florida Gators, because Florida Ooh, did. Florida give me was that. More... Give me that. My flowers on this one. Where are my oh, flowers? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. You deserve you, uh, you deserve uh, the credit on this one. Now, it was a two-and-a-half-point spread. It was going to be a close game, and I thought Utah would run the football in the second half and, and drive them out of the building. Florida could not stop them. They did drive, run the football in the second half. The difference is Anthony Richardson is a complete – was just running a symphony. And we knew he had this type of ability, but we just hadn't seen it yet in a full – literally, only start was against Georgia – and we knew he had this type of talent. I think the most impressive thing for me, Zach, because I still think there's going to be teams that can score on Florida by physically pushing them around the way Utah did in that second half. Because, again, the only way they stopped him was in the red zone and around the goal line making a few plays. Like, Utah's got to finish drives. But here's here's the thing um, uh, about Anthony Richardson. How complicated 
and how nuanced and how sophisticated that offense was was in his basic first start of his career, essentially with a new coach and a on a coach with a new roster. The pre snap motion, um, all the movement, oh my gosh, you ain't kidding. It, making him throw on the run. They were asking him to do like senior level stuff that you would ask somebody to do in like week ten of a season. They were doing it with pristine execution and total calmness in game one of a coaching tenure, and that is a great sign for the Florida Gators and how well they're coached right now. I, I, There's a lot of takeaways from this game. To me, I had the most fun watching this game out of all the games. I know there have been crazier endings and, and there were other performances, but first off, I want to give props to Utah. Utah should be in the SEC. <laughs> like <laughs> They played such a physical game for a Pac-12 uh, team or Pac-10, whatever it is over there now, but they played such a physical game that I walked away thoroughly impressed with how Utah played the game. I know they couldn't finish some drives, but man, that was one of the best games, most physical games I watched this weekend. But you're right. What Anthony Richardson was being asked to do pre-snap, first off, is great sign for Florida that they were able to get him doing that in the first game, and he was doing it successfully. Secondly, Dan Mullen looks like a freaking idiot, which we all knew that he was probably going to come away looking like an idiot this season. And and third, I don't know if any player improved their draft stock as much as Anthony Richardson, because when they go back and look at the tape, if they continue doing the pre-snap motion stuff and reading the defenses and doing everything that they that he did in that game, that is the stuff that improves your draft stock over other guys that you maybe were floating around. You look at Will Levis. You're talking about, instead of Levis, you're talking about Anthony Richardson now, right? Instead of K.J. Jefferson, you're talking about Anthony Richardson because those he separates himself, if he continues to do that, from those guys with his pre-snap motion stuff because that's what you're asked to do in the NFL. Yeah, that, that's a Kyle Shanahan-looking offense is what is what that looks like, and or, or, or McVay, I guess. But here's the thing. He was 12th on most big – I think McShay had him 12th on the big board going into the weekend. The key with Richardson is that he has the upside to be the number one overall pick. Like he, yeah. he, he has the upside to pass Bryce Young. Like I've stood next to both of them. I've stood next to Bryce Young and I've stood next to Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson eats like, like ribeyes the size of Bryce Young. Like Bryce Young is not a big dude. And Anthony Richardson is a monster. And he was already like a pre preseason top 15 pick in the draft. If things went well, he has the chance to be a, a, a number one overall pick type of good. Now, again, let's not overreact. It's one game. But uh, yeah, but, I was about to say that he may be the guy that everybody overreacts, but the NFL teams don't. But I really do right. think NFL teams are going to like what Anthony Richardson puts on tape. And can we talk about that two-point conversion play? Oh, my God. It was so – it was the coolest play <laughs> from the standpoint of just the swagger involved between him – Anthony Richardson and the receiver that caught it because the receiver was standing there flat footed and just caught the ball. Like it, it they were just playing catch out the backyard. It, it made like it, it was I, so cold. <laughs> I'm so glad that you brought up the receiver part of that, which is an underrated part of that play because yeah. it doesn't I mean, look that's the best part of the play. I know, I know what he did is amazing, but the way that he just caught it, like he was like a robot. It was just, it was like a video game character catching a play flat footed. It was it, crazy. It was as if that was the plan all along, which is ironic yeah. because apparently he ran that in practice and did the same. 360 in practice apparently um during practice this past week I, I, the, the key with Richardson in Florida here because I don't know how good Florida is going to be I don't think they automatically are going to challenge I agree with you on a couple of points number one it was by far the best football game of the weekend 
when you talk about quality of coaching, quality of teams, physicality, lead changes, drama, big decisions, like the two the two head coaches managing the clock at the end was as nerdy as it could possibly get, and it was fantastic. Like that was just high level, high caliber football. It was across, funny that nobody understood what Dan Mul- or not Dan Mul- what uh, Billy Napier was doing at the very end. It's like know. everybody was thinking he was crazy. I'm like, no, this is this is the perfect way to handle this situation. I, and I tweeted that out. I was like, I'm shocked that people don't understand why he's doing this. And Booger McFarland was like, Yeah, I know. Why are people complaining about this to me on Twitter? And I go, Dude, I just don't understand because clearly Utah cannot score quickly now they did they almost did (laughs) it took again two turnovers on the goal line will end your game but that was the like from a grown-up big boy physicality well-coached preparation quality offenses using multiple tight ends you know motion uh, all all the stuff that they were asking everyone to do I think Cam Rising lost a little stock in my eyes but I still think he, he, he missed a few open receivers but by and large I think that's two top 15 teams like I'm not dropping Utah too far in the rankings because I think that you're on the road as a two and a half point favorite against a player of Richardson's caliber and a team in the SEC like Florida. I just don't think that, I mean, they can still make the playoff. They've got to run the table, but, but you know, again, I think Florida's stock goes from, you know, maybe 10th in the SEC to maybe fifth or sixth in the SEC. And now they've got to prove it because they get Kentucky and and Tennessee in the next couple of weeks. So Florida, we're going to find out a lot more about Florida in the next couple of weeks, but that is a huge win for Billy Napier, a huge win for the Florida program and how they did. It's even more important. And uh, watch out folks. Anthony Richardson might be, <laughs> might, might be moving up to number one in the draft. If he can, cont- he has to continue to do the things he's doing, but if he does, uh, the scouts are going to drool all over his skill and talent because it's always been there. It's always been obvious. And uh, man, what a, what a, what a play. Um, all right. Uh, by hey, the way, real quick, let me ask you a question. Yeah, go for it. If you're a Tennessee fan and you watch that Florida game, how are you feeling about your chances in that rivalry game coming up in a few weeks? Oh, I think I think two things happened on Saturday and Sunday night for well, kind of Thursday night too. I think you feel a little bit better about your chances against Pittsburgh. You feel much worse about your chances against Florida, and you feel a little bit better about your chances against LSU. Right? Yeah. I, I agree, That's probably and, what and, but I think Tennessee fans are are they looked at that. I've seen a lot of them on Twitter, and I've seen a lot of them in a couple of friends and everything that said that Florida game of oh, Tennessee is going to mop the floor with Florida is what a lot of people think for whatever reason. I don't hmm. know how you watch that game and don't think worse about your chances versus Florida. Not to say that Tennessee doesn't have a chance, obviously. Just how, how do you how watch do you, that game and not think that? I that's an absurd thing for someone to say. Yeah. Because the only question we had about Florida, because again, I, I, I saw questions in, about depth in their front seven. I saw they didn't, their receivers didn't make a ton of big plays. So like, I still have those same two questions about Florida. I had no questions about Billy Napier. And the only real wild card was, well, is Anthony Richardson as good as his draft stock and pure talent and athletic ability, or is he not? And mentally, he is just way beyond a guy who started one game. Like he just is complete. He, he was in complete control of the offense. And I think... If you're a Tennessee fan and you are not worried about that, knowing the history between Florida and Tennessee, you're just being a moron. Like you're being obtuse at that point. Yeah, I I don't. It will be. I think that's going to be one of the best SEC games of the year because I I think that Coach Josh, Coach Dad, Coach Youth, 
Napier versus Billy Napier is gonna be a fun gonna be a fun little game to watch. Oh yeah, I don't know if Tennessee fans are gonna like that, but I like yeah. Coach Josh too, so we'll 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 see. Um, the LSU game probably gives Tennessee fans a little bit of hope though, because LSU didn't look particularly great. I will say, to be fair, Jaden Daniels was the problem, and as I told you guys, the drunken chaos bowl always delivers. And talk about just an insane ending. LSU did not have their two best players on defense for most of that game. They played pretty good on defense. Jordan Travis is a really nice player for Florida State. Uh, I'm curious, like, I don't know if Brian Kelly spoke to anyone during the game. Like, that was a weird, like, every time they cut to him. Now, he's always sort of been like that, where he allows his assistants to do all the coaching during the game. It's always been like that. But it was just so weird. It didn't look like he was communicating with anyone on his own team the entire game. Well, you said it's a Jaden Daniels issue. I want to say that I think there needs to be, there's some kind of frustration between this team and Kayshawn Boot, who dropped, what, four passes? And he's supposed to be the star wide receiver, the next star wide receiver coming out of LSU. And then he goes and deletes everything from Instagram and social media about LSU after the game. There's the sideline cameras. I mean, to me... There's something brewing there, and I saw a lot of Notre Dame fans say, well, this is par for the course for a Brian Kelly team. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, I, I think Brian this, – this to me had very little to do with, with Brian Kelly, uh, honestly. I think Jaden Daniel – like, you, t- I tweeted about this with Mal- a Malik Willis reference. Malik Willis l- learned more about how to throw from the pocket in three weeks of camp, progressed further, because that's the conversation we had about Malik Willis, right? Got to stay in the pocket, got to throw in rhythm, got to find your open receivers. Uh, Jaden Daniels, in four years of being a starting quarterback, has not learned as much as Malik Willis learned in three weeks of camp. And that is a that is the concern. If I'm Kayshawn, I've also I mean, heard. You think you think Jaden Daniels didn't play well last night? Oh, Jaden Daniels was garbage. He was absolutely garbage until the final two drives. He was terrible. Here's the thing about Butte or or Booty. He's been, it's been, it's been pronounced a bunch of different ways. Kayshawn, he might have his own. You know, hey, I'm frustrated. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. I don't I don't care about that drama. The problem is is that there were receivers open the entire game, and Jaden Daniels does not know how to read a defense. He does not know how to f- throw the football in progressions. I talked to his offensive coordinator at Arizona State. It was the same problem at Arizona State. He cannot read a defense. And I am shocked that Brian Kelly did not go to Garrett Nussmeyer in the third quarter. And as soon as I thought that and almost tweeted it, immediately Jaden Daniels leads them on the two scoring drives, of which very few were actually throws against the defense where you read correctly. Even the throw to Keyshawn Butte where he got him decapitated was a total misread on his part. He is just, he cannot throw in rhythm in the pocket, and it is going to cost LSU if they cannot fix that and or make the change because they still have dudes. The offensive line's a question too, but that is, uh, Florida State's better than people think. Their over-under was about seven this year. LSU's over-under was about seven, so it was supposed to be a great game. I I just, to me, that that, that has no, like there was no Brian Kelly conversation to me about my Sunday night's game. That was about Jaden Daniels. Don't, you don't think that after you've already had one uh, kick blocked, going for another one is is the, the smart move? So that one, I'm okay, that one you're right. You're right. Well, I mean, that's the whole point of the losing. That's how they lost the game. That I one mean, I, I would say is, well. They, and it's his fault that Jaden Daniels is the starting quarterback, right? If he's so bad, that's that's also falls on the coaches. That's that, fair. A, Jaden Daniels isn't prepared. B, they run a too complicated offense for their for their quarterback. Or C, 
they shouldn't have ever went with Jared Jaden Daniels. That all falls onto the head coach as well. That, that that's true. That's true. Here here's what I would say. There's also three drops by wide receivers in this uh, LSU game by the LSU wide receivers. Two two muffed punts inside your own twenty is also uh, a huge part of the problem as well. That, I, that's one of those where I felt so bad for the kid uh, neighbors who dropped the second one where I'm just going, oh my god. And so they really had no business being in this situation to score the, the game-winning touchdown or the game-tying touchdown. But here's my thought. If you are the team that clearly has been behind in the game, like, you, like it, we're not talking about an even game that's back and forth, but like LSU was clearly behind in the game for most of the game. Florida State played better for most of the game. If all of a sudden you find yourself on the final play with a 50-50 chance to win the game on a two-point conversion with a quarterback who can run around, who's mobile... I do not understand why why you do not take like are your chances greater than 50-50 if you go to overtime when all of a sudden the rules change and it becomes crazy and it becomes more unpredictable like I would much rather put it in the put it in the hands of my offense give it a 50-50 proposition which is what a two point conversion is and and say my offense just went right down the field and picked up at least 5 yards on every play I'm running my in the guys most out magical there to win the game. way, right? I mean, they went 99 yards, and then you're like, okay, well, I suddenly all of a sudden don't believe in my offense, but I'm going to believe in the guy who's already been blocked once. Yeah, that one, I that one I put on Kelly. I said you should have gone for two. Yeah, but but half the internet would disagree and say, oh, if you go for two and you don't get it, you know, half the internet roasts you for being stupid. So yeah, like, but at least I, to me, when you lose the two point conversion, I, I would rather lose that way than tie than lose again. Right. Like, right. Or I would rather not. Th- I think in this instance, when your kicker has already been blocked and you already have special team problems prevalent in the game. Yeah. Yeah. You don't do that. Now, if you didn't do that, I, w- I would say this. If you didn't go for two and you didn't have those kicking issues already and you get your field goal blocked, that's just a fluke fucking play that you would have never believed. But they Florida State's already shown that they're going to get to that kick. Well, and the dude that blocked it made an extraordinary play. Like, he just dove yeah. from, like, nine yards away and somehow got a hand on it around the outside. It was a spectacular play. But, again, it, to me, if we're going to go analytics here and be nerdy, it's – it's it, if, if the Titans have trailed for 14 – you know, if they've been down by 14 for most of the second half and all of a sudden something fluky happens and they get a big, long drive and – Henry breaks off a long run and all of a sudden they're in the red zone. They score a touchdown and they're down by one. Like, do you, do you want to give it to the coin flip and the overtime gods? Or do you want to say, look, I've got Tannehill, Henry, all these weapons. I'm two yards away from winning the game. Let, let's go, let's go out there and win the game. Let's, let's take control of our own destiny to some degree. I just like that style of decision-making, especially if it's 50, 50 and you've been losing the whole game. If you've been dominating the whole game and you're the better team, clearly, maybe you want to take your chances in overtime. But they were not the better team for most of that game, and they had a chance to sort of pull the the impossible out of their ass. I, that's where you got to go for two, in my opinion. So that that one I put on Kelly. Not switching to Nussmeyer, you're right. I would put that on Kelly. I think that needs to happen. I Jaden Daniels can run around. He's a great athlete, but he cannot. When you play good defenses, you have to throw the football now in college football. So. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I just, it was, it was a weird thing. I do think that while Brian Kelly can be a good coach, good coaches make better decisions. Great, I'll say this: great coaches make better decisions. Well, uh, he's he's been to two playoffs and a BCS title game. He's passed Newt Rock. He's, he's got. He's won a championship. No, he's won a that? championship in every conference he's been in. I 
you know, I, I just think I'm kind of I'm kind of looking at how many national titles does he have? Well, how many guys have national titles? Three, four. Well, they how many of them get embarrassed every time they get into the championships or the playoff games? How many of them? Every, every, uh, every yeah. si- just every, just Brian Kelly. Every no, time. no, every single team that doesn't have Alabama talent, which would also include Oklahoma, Washington, Michigan State, teams that don't have Alabama or Georgia or Clemson players get embarrassed. That is why he left Notre Dame to go to LSU is because he didn't have the play. And and he got embarrassed in his first game. Well, you you should you you got to win that game. That's a ridiculous not to win that game. All right, I, I LSU struggling a loss. Um, Tennessee fans should feel a little bit better about that trip to Baton Rouge, but I wouldn't. I, I again don't overreact. Tennessee to week... Tennessee's going to beat the beat them. No don't, doubt. Don't overreact to week one in college football. It's a good lesson. Uh, it's a good lesson to have here. Uh, speaking of Tennessee, the Vols, really what matters, they, you know, they didn't put a whole lot on tape on Thursday. Pittsburgh put a lot on tape on Thursday because they had to, in one of the great football games of the weekend. It's, we're just going to learn a whole lot about these two teams because Pittsburgh has a really good defensive line. I don't know if they're going to, you know, what the challenge will be for Tennessee's defense to stop Keaton Slovis, who threw the ball a lot, but he did so under center, which I think is stupid. Uh, um, they averaged like three yards of play under center and like nine yards of play when he was in the shotgun and they just kept running the ball under center. So I don't, I, I think Pat Narduzzi is going to help Tennessee in that sense. So I, we are going to learn a whole lot about both of these teams or Tennessee in particular coming up this weekend. So I don't know if you had any ma- major takeaways from Thursday night because that Pittsburgh game was great, but they probably should not have won the game. Yeah. I, th- I just think that there's, I think UT should beat Pittsburgh. I'd be very surprised if they didn't. Uh, but I also don't think that's some big statement that they did if, yeah, if they do. Yeah. Like, I don't think – like, that's – to me, it's still a game that Tennessee should be heading in and should be favored and should should win the game by at least probably, based on UT standards of scoring points and at a high rate, probably by 14 points or more. Yeah, and, and – well, I, I haven't seen the, the point spread yet, but um, that, that is a I think it's a three thirty Eastern, two thirty Central Time kickoff on ABC. So like a big time game, and Pittsburgh has one of the best defensive lines in America. So that's going to be a great barometer for for the Tennessee offensive line. Can they run the ball? Can they protect Hendon Hooker in that game? It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I do think the the emotions of the backyard brawl. If you watch that crowd on the interception return, how nuts they were going, and the team and the celebration and the exhale, I think that is a bad thing for Pittsburgh. I think Tennessee can capitalize if there's any emotional letdown at all from Pittsburgh. But don't don't sleep on the Panthers. This is the ACC defending champs. They just figured out a way to win, and they've got a great defensive line, and they're at home. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about Coach Coach Dad um, and how he prepares a team. Uh, against a pretty good defense it's going to be a hell of a game uh and if they and if they do struggle and you need some booze zach where should people go you should go to y slickers because they have uber delivery they uber eats will deliver alcohol to to you wherever you are and it's actually for most people on your way to the stadium so you can always just stop off in there and get any kind of tailgate supplies that you need and if you it's not on your way go to the stadium Order some Uber Eats, have it delivered, meet your guy, meet the guy out at the street, and uh, let them drive so you can drink. Yep. Look, pop into the store if you want to go into the brick and mortar there. It's right there on Main Street near the Titan Stadium. Say 440 at checkout. Get 10% off. So if you're going in at like 9 a.m., 10 a.m. on Sunday to, pre, to, to stock up on the tailgate or even stock up on your house party, watch party for the Titans, make sure you load it up. You get 10% off. And if you're spending a bunch of money on a bunch of booze for a whole big party – 
10 percent is going to add up pretty quickly that'll save you some money so that, that'll at least buy you a parking pass for the titans game exactly <laughs> so so free parking passes at weiss liquors this <laughs> this season for titans fans so go check it out family owned and operated since 1932 in east nashville so it's right there by the stadium and again if and and if you want to celebrate the the 46 point win by the titans make, make sure you just swing by afterward pick up your booze for the night and just take it to the house and Enjoy your celebratory, uh, you know, drink of choice after the game. Uh, make sure you also talk to the Kingston Group, buildkg.com, before you make any big, major home renovations. Because, of course, um, the Kingston Group, also locally owned, uh, award-winning, a custom home and remodeling firm, they'll take care of you. Just have a conversation with them. Uh, that's all. Um, two very two very different uh, uh, pitches on the show this week, Zach. Like, go, go use Weiss to get drunk, um, and then make sure you use Kingston Group so that your house is built correctly. Those are two very different pitches. I feel like I like it. I like those pitches. <laughs> uh, Arkansas beats Cincinnati in, I think it was about what we expected. A seven point win, a physical was game. It very convincing. No, it wasn't, but that's Arkansas. it wasn't, but that's a very well coached Cincinnati team. That's a good quality opponent, better than most opponents in the sec in week one. And KJ Jefferson, it looks bigger, I, I think. And I, he made some big plays. So I want to see a little bit more from him, but I thought that was a workmanlike professional win. And then old Sam Pittman after the game, hey, what are you going to drink after the game, coach? And he said, I'm just going to drink old cold beer. <laughs> He's just such a dude, man. He's just such a guy. I'll say this about KJ Jefferson's performance. Um, he he started having cramps in the middle of the game, and I'm thinking, oh, there's future Tennessee Titan KJ Jefferson about to <laughs> you, you know improve his draft, draft stock here. Um, I thought it was a very up and down, and I was kind of uh, – found myself wanting more with his performance yeah. from a guy that was touted all off season as one of the best quarterbacks in the sec. And he still can be that guy, but man, he had some rough throws that I'm looking at and I'm thinking, man, yep. this is not as advertised for this guy. I, I don't think he's got the pro potential. I think he's got sort of that like perfect college football skill set, right? Where you're just athletic enough to be used in, on the ground, you're big enough, and you're just accurate enough as a passer to be very dangerous, but not an NFL quality passer. I think he's like one of those typical top flight SEC guys. Now, I think Richardson, I would put ahead of him now. And of course, the next guy I'm going to mention who threw for like 500 yards and six touchdowns, uh, Will Rogers and Mississippi State, of course, is on that list. Hendon Hooker is on that list. It's yeah, a they great... did the old rain delay to beat the Memphis Tigers. That's what I it mean, was. The old rain delay. That's that's, that's what it was. Yeah, the rain. The it rain sure delay. was. I mean, if they would have never done that, the Memphis Tigers, that score would have been flipped. That's okay. some shady okay. shit going down in in Starkville. So the pirate in Starkville fixed the weather, is what you're saying. Fixed it. Fixed it all. The, the fix is in on the weather. Listen, you can fake okay. lightning, and I think that's what they were doing. You can fake lightning, can you? You can fake lightning. What are you hanging out with Thor on the weekend? Special effects, special effects, but baby, you are a, you it's are all a, fake. You 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 are a a, a Marvel DC master. Like yep. you know more about that stuff than I do. So I would I wouldn't put it past you to know how to like create lightning to slow a game yeah. down because you're scared it's of ridiculous. the Memphis Tigers. They were they were terrified of him. That's true, and they, so they took all the momentum away by doing this rain delay. My my bank account was also terrified when they covered the sixteen points. So. I did enjoy that, and I thought hey, about. I thought props about you. to you on the plus twenty one and a half. By the way, with Ole Miss and Troy, you like that? I liked it. I tried to tell people to take it, and nobody would listen to me, and that, that ended up being pretty good. I, I went. Uh, I went seven and four in the SEC, 
last week. Uh, my big picks, the ones I actually had money on, I lost Utah. I had Utah minus two and a half. I lost that one, although they should have won the game. But that's famous famous last words by a better. Yeah. Um, Mississippi State minus 16. I had Arkansas minus six and a half, and I had Troy plus the uh, uh, plus the twenty two, and all three of those hit. So I felt good about. I, felt I had good the about I had the Florida Florida money line twice, so I oh, did it with dude. my normal thing, and then uh, there was a single bet free bet, and so I did the Florida money line using that as well, and then I did. Um, so you Troy won three. You won three Florida money lines in one weekend. Uh, two two Florida two money. Florida, lines. That's tremendous. Yeah, and uh, I did plus twenty one and a half on. Troy and that did minus six point five six and a half on uh, Arkansas. You had a hell of a weekend, my man. Yeah, I, I had a couple parlays with that, but those were like my real bets. Like I, those are the bets, and then I did a couple parlays with like winnings, future winnings of these gotcha. bets is kind of how I bet versus uh, put like putting your name on it and your brand and saying this is Zach Lyons approved, this is F Words Pod approved. I'm taking Florida on the money line, Arkansas minus six and a half, and uh, Troy and you. Hey, those are all winners, big man. All winners. Yeah. Uh, there you have it. So make sure you follow F Words Pod for on Twitter for all his gambling advice. Uh, hey, by the way, speaking of gambling advice, if you're listening to this, go and grab while you can Kyle Phillips anytime touchdown on DraftKings because it started out at plus three thousand last night. It was plus two thousand. This morning it was plus seventeen hundred. Now it's already down to plus one thousand. So what? So they're just assuming that Kyle. They're just they love the Kyle Phillips versus the Giants. I matchup. think people people saw it. A lot of national people saw it and have been promoting it. I think it's been going down because oh. so many people are betting on it. The damn national media! That's always pro Titans. You know, the national yeah. media is always hyping up the Titans. Always are. Always hyping up the Titans. We'll, <laughs> um, all right. How about this? Vanderbilt two and zero. One win away from hitting the over. One win away from hitting the over, baby. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> Nice. That's all the analysis needed. Are they the best team in the <laughs> SEC? They're in first place. Yeah, they have uh, more. They have more wins than everybody else. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Vanderbilt is just uh, they're they're unstoppable force, and uh, I think you're going to be proven right. And I think they're going to win five games this year. Oh come like, on, stop it! I'm just saying. Stop I it. think th- I think Mike White is that electric. <laughs> Mike Wright. <laughs> yeah, Mike Wright. Mike Wright. Mike White is also electric. The New York Jets quarterback. Uh, He's also yeah, all the, the Florida Gators basketball coach. Um, yeah. A lot of Mike Whites out there. No, Mike Wright. Although they did kind of mess around with Elon at the end, though. They let Elon come like storming back, which is not something you want to see <laughs> from your team. Uh, but Vanderbilt two and zero, and the the over under two and a half. They're one win away from hitting that over and cashing your slips. All right, uh, I've got a I've got a quick. Quick commentary on music real fast here. And again, check out Build, Build KG, Kingston Group, Weiss Liquors. We love our sponsors. Go check them out. Huge news coming on Thursday's live stream episode at 1 p.m. Make sure you check that out, of course. all over the Turn all the notifications on there, the YouTube, the Facebook, the Twitters. And, of course, uh, Wednesday night's Fantasy Draft. If you want to come heckle me or heckle Zach, swing by 7 o'clock. Uh, the pharmacy uh, you know, over here in East Nashville. Make sure you come check it out uh, on, se- on, uh, on Wednesday evening. Uh, so... I'm sure because I saw you tweeting about this, so I know you watched or consumed or were kind of tracking it. The set list and the cameos for the Taylor Hawkins Foo Fighters show in England at Wembley Stadium over the weekend was something out of this world. Like just just an yeah. extraordinary list of like people I mean, that were ACDC, involved. Well, I thought was crazy. Paul um, McCartney, like give me a break. Yeah. Well, but, you knew Paul McCartney was coming because him sure. and Dave are like massive sure. friends, and they're ob- and obviously, you know, being in uh, London, you know, yeah, yep. you got yeah, had Paul McCartney. The, the the all you know the Oasis Pete guys were there, the Gallagher's, like it was just an insane list of people. 
Um, them crooked vultures were a part. Like Josh Home, right, was there, I believe, right, and yeah. Uh, um, and so the point is, is I I didn't kind of see that this was happening. I know you're a super fan, so I wanted to ask you, and I've got a hot take here in a second. But we, if you have not seen the video, because I think Dave Grohl's daughter Violet sang a few songs. Yeah, as she like was a phenomenal. She was cool. But really, the star of the show was Taylor Hawkins' 16 year old son, who comes out and drums for My Hero. Yeah. And me and my wife are watching it on Sunday morning, I think it was, over the weekend. Like, I'm watching it on Twitter. And, like, I'm not going to lie. We, we're, like, tearing up watching this. Mm-hmm. And it was – the kid is clearly playing through some incredible emotion. He's an exactly. excellent – he's an excellent drummer. And at the end, you can just see the, like, the, the passion and the energy, like, leaving his body. And he go gives, like, a hug to, like, his mom. And it's just – like, my wife and I were, like, in tears on the couch, man. It was – if you have not watched the video – you need to go watch the video. Even if you don't love Foo Fighters, you need to go watch it because the human yeah, go element grab was a, I think it's probably on YouTube as well. I watched it on Paramount Plus, but I think it may be on YouTube. The whole the whole concert may be on YouTube. But if not, go get a free trial to Paramount Plus and watch it just for that. Use that free trial for that. I yeah, mean, it, I it was, highly encourage you to do it. It was extraordinary. So I'm so I'm sure you loved it, but I got a controversial take that I want to run past you and see what okay. you think. After all that positive throat clearing, I think the Foo Fighters are Dave Grohl's third best band is that super hot take a mild hot take the dumbest thing you've ever heard well get, get put them in order the uh, the, Nir- the band nirvana number one but Nir- is that considered D- a dave Grohl's band or a band that dave Grohl was a part of he i mean i mean i think if you're the, if you're arguably the best drummer of our generation and you are the drummer for one of the most influential and most important bands in the history of mankind Yes, I think it's Dave Grohl's band. Okay, did you see it? Like I, I'm just giving. Oh, I, I, yeah, I just I just was looking for your reason. Okay, I'm not I'm, disputing it. They are the I'm the drummers are the reasoning. offensive line of the okay. band. You know what I mean? Like they don't get yeah. a ton of credit, but like they're critically so important. This is Taylor the One's team, not anybody else's team. <laughs> That's not what I said. Well, yeah, I I think a three person <laughs> band with three rock stars yeah. is like equal. They all get equal share of the of the the credit. Is kind of what I'm doing. I would put Nirvana number one. I would put them crooked vultures at number two because my that is one of my favorite all-time albums like full stop one of my top 10 albums of all time like one of my favorites and i think he's a better drummer than he is a guitar player so that's all that's my i don't dispute drummer versus guitar but is there a better front man going right now than dave Grohl? like you're talking about a guy who created a throne that moves around <laughs> with a broken leg. I mean, I did see that. Show. I don't, I don't know if there's anybody better at captivating a crowd and in real time and connecting with them on an emotional level as Dave Grohl. And I, I think I, I don't dispute that Nirvana is a great band. First off, them cricket vultures, not even in the conversation. I mean, they're, do you like the record? Bands. Like, I love the record. Okay, okay. But that does one record does not necessarily really make a band. I think you got to have a couple more records. So this is like the can- so them crooked vultures is like the Cam Newton of college quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sort of like one I, elite, uh, maybe one elite season, yeah. and that was it. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Uh, and and it was it was a great elite season, right? Yeah. But yeah. you got to give me more than that, you know, to be considered among it's it's down to Nirvana and Foo Fighters. Nirvana, I think, had the, I would say, probably edges them out 
but it's mainly because of Kurt Cobain's l- songwriting, not necessarily Dave Grohl and everybody and the music itself. It's the lyrics itself to me. I, okay. I think that Nirvana, I think music wise, strictly just going music to music. I think Foo Fighters is, is and and I think that a good representation of that is their uh, uh, the. DG's album that came out where they did all the disco songs and everything beautifully done. I I think that was a beautifully done thing that I don't think would have ever happened if Kurt Cobain had stayed around and Nirvana had stayed a thing. That's, that's probably true. I I kind of agree with what you're saying. Now I would, I like Nirvana's music better than the Foo Fighters and I like them crooked vultures music better than the Foo Fighters. But I want to go back to your point about Grohl's uh, front man ability, because I do think in an era and in a time where true rock stars just don't exist. Like there's just we don't you you're either a country star with like bedazzled jeans or 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 it's MD or it's like EDM or it's hip hop, which again, if you're into that that's great. I don't I think that country garbage that that bro country is garbage. I think it's trash. I at least enjoy a lot of the hip hop. But I, there is like who is there's who is like Bo, like Bono is not a rock star anymore. Like they're poppy. I don't who is a true rock star? in music today and I the only name I can think of that is even in the same category as Dave Grohl and and, and again I don't I like Dave Grohl better as a drummer I I'm not I'm not a huge Foo Fighters guy I like their music I love their albums I don't I'm not like you you're you're that's your like favorite band right Yeah yeah I mean it's my it's my favorite band for yeah, sure Yeah so I the only name that I like more and think could be a quote unquote bigger rock star as a frontman but I don't think he has that emotional connection to the crowd the way I think you are talking about with Grohl is Jack White. He's the only one I can think of, but he's not. Jack White's just not global. He's not, yes. You're talking like pure rock star, and I agree with you. I I think one of my favorite concerts of all time is is White Stripes back in, uh, it was after Icky Thump came out. It was, no. If you got to see White Stripes, you, that's awesome. Yeah, I got to that's see awesome. White Stripes in an outdoor venue in Mississippi. Oh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> and they came out, they played a bunch of songs, and then they go, hey, we're the White Stripes, we like being here, and blah, 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 and then they go play the rest of their album. That's all they said. There was no storytelling <laughs> or anything. And to me, I loved it, because the yeah. White Stripes at that point had you know, three or four albums. I think they had four albums out. And they were amazing, and they just played all the, and it was just them two, you know, just playing rock music, right? I mean, that is rock music. But where Jack White lacks is his global presence. I don't think that you're talking about sold out shows and you're talking about being able to be associated with Paul McCartney and all these. He he is that big. He's that big inside of the music world. Like he gets that kind of respect, and I think. Again, I've seen him at the Ryman multiple times with the Raconteurs, which is my favorite version of Jack White. I've seen him solo at Red Rocks. I've seen him like he is a true definition of a rock star. Like just I think he's pretending to be like drunk on stage because he wants to put on such a rock show for people. And I think that personality is gone in music. I don't think we have many of them. Whereas in the 90s, we had all these guys even before just these men and women who are like front front people. Like there's not like the front man in rock and roll is just kind of gone. And I think Dave Grohl is is the by far the biggest one in the world. I think Jack White's the only one I would say is on the same kind of like quality and talent level, but is definitely the Q rating on Jack White is not nearly as high as, as Dave Grohl, like or whatever. Right. So I, so I agree with that part of it. But I can't even think of another great one. Like who's 
who else is doing rock and roll music? <laughs> like, like it's yeah, not like it's not cause happening because really the the kind of play or the artists that come to mind right now aren't really there. It's not doesn't really fall under rock. Like I think a Gary Clark Jr. But that is that really considered? That's not really that's considered blues. rock music. That's, that's blues and and R and B. Like a lot of R and B too. Yeah. Music. So like and you know you think there's just no you're you're right there is no one that comes to mind that is a rock band like all the ones that are big that i don't necessarily love like i don't like imagine dragons don't care about them yeah that's a really big i don't consider that rock and roll right right right. that's not a rock band (laughs) like you watch dave grohl and and taylor hawkins son play my hero at wembley stadium that is rock and roll like that's what that is, and and there's many different forms of rock and roll, but in you and my's opinion, I guess, and I just think the rock star has kind of like died. It's they're not a thing. What anymore. do you consider Red Hot Chili Peppers? I mean, I I have fallen Ooh, out of love good. of Red Hot Chili Peppers, but they are still selling out big stadiums, and they they would be considered a rock. Band. I would call them a rock band, yeah. The, and they're it's kind of more California rock, but it's still a rock band. I think it started as like alternative, like '90s alt rock, and then. Yeah. It's kind of evolved, and again after the change, after the the turn of the century in two thousand, and then Frashanti was not with the band. Obviously, I think that's when they kind of went more poppy, a little bit more mainstream. Like I don't like a lot of their newer stuff, um, but I still think it's really like I'm I'm with you. I, I'm a huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. I would call that a rock band. That that's a rock band, um, and but I don't think Anthony Kiedis like if if the bass player is the biggest star in your band, like you can't be the biggest front man in the world. Yeah, I, I would uh, I would agree with okay. that. I would say that um, Chris Cornell would have been up there if he was still around. I saw him do a solo show at Hangout Fest with by himself with twelve guitars. It was terrible. Oh, was I w- it? I was so disappointed. Like we all walked away. There was no energy. There was no vibe. I couldn't believe it. We were so excited to see him, and then now it was on the beach at like two o'clock in the afternoon. So maybe that's not the right venue for Chris Cornell, but. Man, I, we did see Gary Clark that that weekend, and that was insane. You know who's you know who's a pretty damn good big rock star, and not like big in na- in name, but like high quality front front personness. Uh, Brittany Howard for the Alabama Shakes and Margot Price. Margot yeah, Margot Price can can sling it. Does Alabama Shakes count as rock band? I I think they do. I kind of go back and forth on that. It's more Americana, but like. I don't even yeah. know. It's pretty. They, when, when the first couple, we have albums, lost all of our listeners, yeah, yeah. probably. By the way, but you know what? It's the end of the show. <laughs> it's the end of the show, and it's a it's a holiday weekend. Um, all right, that about does it. Then I just wanted to talk some Foo Fighters with you because I know how much they mean to you, and I wanted yeah, to. I, great show. I, I do encourage everybody to take out the time, set aside time to sit in front of a TV and watch it, and just watch the raw emotion of everything of everyone that is that is performing. There's just so much emotion going through, but specifically. My Hero is one of my favorite songs, and was watching his son go through oh, what he was going through on stage was it's 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 crazy. Like I'm getting the, I'm getting the chills right now just hearing you talk about it and thinking about, I, I got chills just talking about and it. thinking about his face because it, it it like looks like an out of body experience. Like it looks yeah. like he wasn't present for that experience, which is and the way that insane. he did drum and the way that it was very frenetic and kinetic. You know, yep, very... two, two words that are used to describe Taylor Hawkins yep. style of drumming. Yep. I mean, like it was, it was, it's, it's, it's wild. I mean, you have to go watch it. Yep, I totally agree. Uh, all right, that about does it. Go to Kingston Group, of course, for all your home improvement and big house renovation needs. Make sure you check out Weiss Liquors for your tailgate. Come out to the pharmacy on Wednesday at seven o'clock for our fantasy draft if you want to heckle us. And of course, Thursday, one p.m. 
Turn on those the pharmacy in East Nashville, by the way. Do not go to the downtown pharmacy. Yeah, East Nashville location. Do not. You can actually park and, and you'll have elbow room, and it won't be you know you you won't be inundated with tourists. So go to the pharmacy uh, over there uh, in East Nashville Wednesday, seven o'clock live show at one o'clock. We appreciate you guys hanging out. Make sure you check out the F words. Go to Broadway Sports Media. Sign up for that Insider account, and of course check out all the other great shows from 440 Sports as well. Have a great rest of your holiday weekend. For Zach, I'm Braden. This has been a football show.